For over 20 years, I've had a weight issue that was masking a deeper issue, food addiction. Welcome to Foodiction, a podcast about food addiction recovery. I am your host, Julie Hatch. Today marks the beginning of Holy Week, so it's Sunday leading up to Easter or Passover. I did a a social media fast last week and decided to turn in a little bit. I had this scripture that was on my mind. It's been on my mind for a couple of weeks now, but it talks about how God is in us and we are in him. And then we had General Conference weekend. So for those of you who aren't familiar, General Conference is a conference that happens semi-annually and lasts for two days. So we have them on Saturday and Sunday, usually in April and October, I believe. So this is a time of great reflection. It's a time for us to ponder and pray about inspiration and personal revelation. It's a time where members really try to take the messages and apply them to our lives. And it really, for me, is like manna for my soul. I look forward to these and always come away feeling inspired and feeling good. But in one of the conference talks, the message was, based on, it was about peace, but the scripture that was shared was this one about God being in us and we being in him. This resonated with me because leading up to general conference, ironically, I had just happened to do binge watching for, with the uh, near death experiences on YouTube. And there are several commonalities between many of them, but one of them was talking about how when they would leave their body, they would feel this expansiveness. They just felt their spirit was so expansive and part of the universe. They felt their part in the universe and they felt the divinity of God in them and, and they being a part of him. And, um, and my mind was brought back to this. My mind was brought back to these experiences that these some of these people have had and how they talked about how confining and restricting the body was for their spirit. That one of them said, I couldn't believe that this large spirit that was me had to fit inside this body, (laughs) this limited body. I, so when I heard the scripture, my mind went back to that and thought, Hmm, there must be some truth somewhere in there. But I also, it's been on my radar, and I think the reason why is because I have been kind of asking myself, like, what is it, how would that be to be outside of my body in my spirit form, and how expansive would that feel? Would I feel limited, and what would I be capable of, and what would I know? And then 
like trying, I tried putting myself in these people's shoes that have had these experiences. How would it be coming back into my body? How would I see myself differently? And how would it change my life? Because for many of these people, having a near death experience was life altering for them. It changed them and it changed their life. And it definitely changed their perspective and understanding. So I put myself in their shoes for a moment and I humored this question and, and tried to imagine what that would be like. What would I know about myself? And one thing that I realized is how easy it is in our mortality to identify ourselves with our bodies. We can't see our spirits. We can feel them, but we can't really see them. They're limited in what they can do in our body. On one hand, our body allows us to do things that the spirit can't do. Uh, However, on the other hand, there's things that our body can't do that our spirit can. Seeing life through the lens of spiritual eyes, um, being able to communicate telepathically, that's definitely not something that we typically do inside of our bodies or many of us. I mean, I mean, I haven't learned how to do it if it is possible. So it's kind of like each one serves its own unique purpose. You know, our spiritual nature and our physical nature, each serves different purposes. But as I thought about this, I thought about how I see myself in my body and how for so many years I identified myself as my body. I'm fat. I'm overweight. I'm, you know, unattractive. Um, but I like my hair and I like my freckles, which happen to be just mostly on my arms or, you know, good or bad. I would associate my identity with my body. You know, this is who I am. I'm my body. And I think as a recovering food addict, it's, just, it's especially, I can't talk. It's especially important because I recognized how I limited my identity by my body, that that's all I could see for so many years is my weight my excess weight or, you know, um, how I was carrying it on my body or the skin issues that I was having or the health issues that resulted from being obese. So it's interesting to have humored this thought of what would that be like having a near death experience? And what if I put myself in their shoes, how would that be different? And how would that change me? And one thing that, that shifted for me was that I recognized that if I understood the scope of my spirit as being expansive and infinite and unlimited and even divine, that suddenly that becomes my identity and my body just becomes this tool. It doesn't even matter what my body looks like. It's a tool. So for many years, because of my upbringing in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I understood that our bodies are a temple and they house our spirit. And that we need a body in order to learn and grow. And we also need a body to um, replenish the earth. So with our posterity. So I've always understood that part. But the part that I didn't understand was that our bodies are also tools. They're gifts for us. And they're a tool for us, for our spirits. I thought about how does that fit casting off the natural man? How does that fit into the scope of my body and my spirit? 
and the gift that my body is? How do, where does that all come together? And I haven't, I'm, I'm actually asking myself this for the first time as I'm talking to you. So I haven't quite given that much thought, but I will say that another thing that kind of shifted for me is if I am in God and he is in me, then we are one. We are one in purpose. And that I am so much more capable and unlimited when I see myself through that lens. I understand that I am unlimited and extremely capable because, again, there's that scripture, with God all things are possible. Um, and suddenly I've been finding myself pondering on how can I, now that I know this and I'm in my body here in mortality, what can I do to contribute? What can I do? How can I leave this world a better place than I was born into it? What can I, how can I express God's love through me to others? How can I help them experience his great love and the magnitude and scope of him? How can I do that? That suddenly became, that's another shift that happened. And then also, it kind of forced me to look at this food addiction differently. I have always struggled with calling food addiction food addiction just because, or even a disease, just because disease seems to imply that it's something that happens to us and we have no control over it and there's no remedy and cure. I don't feel that way about addiction in general and especially food addiction. I, I see where it only took one choice to become addicted to food and it's a, it only took one choice to recover from food addiction. There is agency in there. It's not something that just happens to us. Yes, it can be genetic. We can have a, a genetic predisposition to it, although that doesn't mean we're guaranteed to have this addiction that our former family members or other family members have. Um, it doesn't work quite like that. And so there is this component of agency and I've always understood this, but it seems much smaller when I look at it from the lens of I'm this spiritual being inside of a human body that is a gift and a tool for my spiritual being, that I am really infinite, that the scope of my spirit is infinite and expansive and part of this universe and part of God and that he is in me. And it also makes me want to live my life differently knowing that he is in me. So it makes me feel like, what? how can I live in a way that would honor him and his divineness in me? What would I do differently? you know, so that I wouldn't offend. I, you know, it makes me wonder, is this what it means when we sin against our own bodies? There's a scripture reference about that that says we, it mentions sinning against the body. And I thought about that. I thought if we have divinity in us and we're making poor choices that drive the Holy Ghost away, then we've not only offended our bodies, we've offended God because God is in us. And there's actually another scripture that talks about 
how our bodies do not belong to us. They are a gift to us, but they are not ours. Our bodies actually belong to God, which also makes me think a lot about this stupid tattoo that I got years ago when I was not actively participating in my church. And I was at, it was a point in my life when I really didn't, I was having a faith crisis and I wasn't living my faith. I went and got this tattoo and I thought about that, how I really defiled something that doesn't belong to me, even though the art itself is pretty. What's prettier than what God created? (laughs) What is better than that? He created my body and he lives in me. How can a tattoo upstage that like at any like do you know what I mean like how can that be better or greater than what God's created already and I wish I didn't have it and I wish it wasn't so expensive and didn't take numerous attempts to <laughs> remove it because um, you have to go back for sessions and to have them slowly remove it and it's expensive and from what I understand also painful so I wish I had the means to take care of that but I don't um, instead I have this reminder, but now when I look at it, I can at least think nothing is more great. Nothing is greater or more beautiful than what God has created. And if he is in me, then from, you know, this day forward, then I need to live so that I can honor my body, which is his, that I can honor his divinity through me and his creation of me. So it does, it does really put a different perspective on things. And I thought a lot about this past week because I had, I had an interesting week. I had, um, I had a friend, a dear friend reach out to me and write me the most beautiful heartfelt apology from something that happened. I don't know. I think it's been like five or six years ago now. And we had, we had kind of made amends since then. Like we were on speaking terms and it was water under the bridge. I had apologized to her, but she said she hadn't apologized to me and felt like that was necessary. And it was extremely brave and courageous and, and humble. It was the most beautiful apology I had ever heard or been given from anyone at any time in my life. And it was extremely healing And I felt this immense love wash over me. But even more important than that, it made me think about this conversation that I had with a friend on social media. We weren't on the same page. She had tried a program that I am doing and she decided not to continue with it. And I decided to continue with it. And we were having this discussion. It wasn't, I wouldn't say it was heated, um, but she shared her point of view and it was different than mine. And it wasn't until the end where I, her last comment made me feel confused. And I didn't, it was hard for me to give her the benefit of a doubt because I wasn't understanding where she was coming from. But because this other friend had offered an apology to me, I thought, you know, I need to prevent misunderstandings from happening by communicating. And so I reached out to this other friend and I said, Hey, are we okay? And she's like, Oh, I haven't even thought about that conversation. Like since we've had it. And I'm like, 
oh, because I had, and I had been trying to understand better what her point was or where she was coming from. And she explained her come from, and I was able to explain mine. And I realized we're really not on that different of a page. We really do still share much in common. And even though we're doing different approaches and different things with regards to our health, but I was so grateful for the example of my friend who offered me this beautiful apology and that it gave me, it inspired me to reach out to this other friend because I thought, you know, I don't want there to be any room for any misunderstandings. And I want there to be peace in all of my relationships. And, um, it was a really healing week. Um, both of these instances happened this past week and it was just beautiful. And, and I did think about what my friend was saying. Cause she's, she's learning all about how to balance micronutrients and macronutrients. And I haven't learned that part yet. I've touched on it, but I haven't really learned it, learned it. And I thought, well, what if there is something to what she's saying? And so for, I kind of just gave myself permission to let BLE fly out the window this weekend. And let me tell you, I had another weird experience, like a, I did not weird, but just very unexpected. I thought I don't have to eat horrible. Maybe I don't have to feel guilty if I eat something with sugar, as long as I don't go crazy with it. Maybe I don't have to, maybe it is about my relationship with food. What if she's right? I started second guessing myself. And it's interesting because I had done this episode about staying in your lane and boy, howdy, that lesson came and bit me in the behind because <laughs> we had general conference this weekend and and I felt the spirit so strongly, but I was also struggling to, to feel it at the same time because I hadn't been eating healthy. And because I hadn't been eating healthy, I felt like I was out of alignment somehow with what I knew to be right and good and true for me. I felt out of integrity and I didn't feel good. In fact, I felt disgusted and disgusting. I just felt like I was constantly fighting with these negative feelings about myself while I was, it was competing with feeling the spirit of the messages that I was listening to. And it was just very distracting. And I, I was, I just felt such a contrast. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is not how I want to feel. And I thought about what I had talked to what I told my friend, because I told her, I said, you know, what attracted me to Brightline eating was that it's about, it's not just about eating healthy. It was about discipline. And now that I'm thinking of it even deeper than that, it was about learning how to cast off the natural man because the natural man gives into its carnal desires. And one of those carnal desires for me anyway, has been to consume sugar and flour and fat. It's what most of the world finds acceptable. That's why I think we do have an obesity issue. But I thought a lot about that. And I thought about how there's something that feels right and good and true about this program, or I wouldn't have felt out of integrity. I wouldn't have felt like I was going against the grain all weekend. And I don't feel like I went crazy. But I also just felt like I didn't want to feel either. <laughs> I, for me, the principles of this program are based on 
a very powerful truth that the natural man is the enemy is an enemy to God. And that is in scripture. We're taught that. And I feel like it's the first plan I've ever come across that really addresses the natural man because my focus in, in choosing not to eat things that the world finds acceptable, um, that I do have a sensitive sensitivity to is placing my focus on more spiritual things, on the things that I do want. And instead of the things like the things that my spirit wants, instead of the things that my carnal human natural man want wants. And so my focus is on a different thing. It's on this aspect of if I can get this down, like the sense and the feeling that I get is if I can get this plan down to where it truly is a lifestyle for me, then I will have been able to not only learn how to eat healthy whole foods that God made for me, but I will also be able to have learned how to put off the natural man in this one area. And if I can do it in this one area, then I can do it in other areas too. And this one area is the hardest area for me, by the way. So if I can do it in this one area, then I can do it in other areas too. And I think that's what the draw is for me with this program. It's not just a physical thing, a physical healthy habit or lifestyle. It's also very spiritual. And I find that attractive. And especially as I, I'm at this point in my life where I really, really desire to learn discipline and I am learning it the most through this program. This program challenges me in ways, so many ways to be more disciplined and to give in to, to allow my spirit to dictate instead of my natural man. So I think that's what the draw of this program is. But I thought, well, I still want to learn all about macronutrients and micronutrients and, um, learn how to balance those. But until I learn that I need to stay in my lane, I need to do what I know works, because I don't want to repeat, like I had this weekend where I feel conflicted between, like I was in this constant battle between, like, on one hand, I'm giving into my natural man. And on the other hand, I'm giving into my spiritual and it's they're a battle. They're at odds with each other. I don't know how to describe it. They were at odds with each other. And so it just felt very up and down, up and down all weekend. Um, and that was a learning experience for me because I realized once again, no, there's definitely a benefit to staying in your lane when you know that you have a piece of what is good, right, and true. When you know you found that piece, you don't want to let that piece go. And so I still have more to learn. I, I understand that I'm gathering these pieces and that, you know, the macronutrients and micronutrients and learning about them would be beneficial and useful. Just like I know that the piece of learning how to deal with binge eating disorder and overcoming that, that's a piece. It's an evolutionary process for sure, this whole food addiction recovery. It's evolutionary for me. Some people can go through this much more rapidly and have, but I constantly have to remind myself it's not a race. This isn't a race. 
It's not even about perfection. It's about progress. And I do know it's coming very rapidly to this point where I just need to make a decision, stick with it, where I've done enough work and enough laying of my foundation to just, you know, embrace it 100%. So I'm, I'm rapidly starting to approach that because I feel like I have been gathering these pieces for a while and laying my foundation for a while. And I could be doing that and it will feel like work, but but in the same sense, it's really just going through the motions. It's not getting me to my goal. And that's the work that I need to start doing. And that work is based on a simple decision to just do it, commit to it, stick with it, come all the way in, sit all the way down instead of allowing myself to, you know, be distracted, which I, I think it could be that, but I also think there are pieces that I needed to learn and discover. I do that were necessary that have are necessary. And I think that when you enter this program with unhealed trauma, that that work also has to be addressed. It has to be done. And for me, it's kind of been while I've been doing this program. Um, and I still, you know, even if it doesn't look perfect, I still can see that I'm doing way better than I did when I didn't try at all. So it's still worth it to me to put forth an effort, even if it's a little sloppy here and there. Um, still, it's still progress. And so, but I do need to make that decision. I recognize that I do need to make that decision to embrace it 100% and just do it and stay in my lane and, and just be okay with what I'm doing, even if in the face of my critics or people that are doing something different, differently. So that's where I'm at in my journey so far. And I think that there's so many, if I were to list all the things that I've learned through this experience, it would, it feels like this unending, never ending list of incredible things I've been able to learn and discover along the way. And honestly, that has felt very rewarding. I'm not even at my destination point, but the journey has been so rewarding in that sense. Hard at times, but extremely rewarding. I'm looking forward to the to the Brightest Eaters Conference, um, or the brightest, it's the Brightest in Utah Conference that's coming up this summer. I'm looking forward to that. And I'm grateful for all of these insights that I'm having and the things that I'm contemplating, pondering, the things that I'm learning and understanding. It's all been worth it. And I'm grateful for that. I did say at one point that a lot of people fail bright line eating. And what I meant by that, I really misspoke because what I meant by that is, because I think I said it's easy to fail. What I meant is that It does challenge you in many ways to improve, to progress, move forward, heal. It challenges you. And sometimes it can feel overwhelming. There's definitely times when I wanted to throw in the towel and call it quits where it felt too hard or it felt like I'm never going to get to my destination. <laughs> There's times that I've been stuck in that thinking. And usually when I have felt that way, I've derailed. It's never, it's never good to really humor the negativity that sometimes comes when you're challenging yourself to do something better and more worthwhile and healthier. 
but I, um, what I meant by that is that you can feel that way. You may have moments where you feel discouraged and many people do, and many people do quit, but there are many people who have successfully done this program, who have taken it all the way to maintenance and have been on maintenance for years. And it is second nature to them. Like it's, they, they are at a point where they, it's just automatic and it's just a lifestyle now. And, and those people are really my heroes because they've shown me exactly how and have shared with me their own journeys and how they've gotten to that point. And it's nothing short of inspirational and it helps me stay motivated. It helps me to keep trying and not give up because I know that it's possible. I know what's possible. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. I've interviewed people who have had success with this program. In, and in my mind, it still is the harder choice and the harder thing to do at first. But I don't think it stays that way. And I'm looking forward to when I can actually say this feels automatic. This feels, I can, you know, just the fact that I can already say that this feels good and right and true to me is huge. That I could feel like I was out of integrity or out of alignment with the Lord's will for me over this weekend as I ate what I wanted to eat, even though it wasn't crazy, it still wasn't on plan. Um, the, but I'm grateful that I f- could feel that and that I could see that, the contrast, and that's going to help fuel me as well. So this is where I'm at. It's been a healing journey. I think that discipline and obedience generate extremely wonderful, big rewards. And um, I plan for now to just stay in my lane and to continue to learn how to discipline myself. That's a big, a big thing that I need to learn. And I know I will learn it as long as I keep trying. I'll get there. I hope you guys enjoy your week, your holy week, and I will talk more with you next weekend. Make today great.